0: Well, good morning again, church. So good to see all of you. We are glad that you are with us. I want to welcome those that are with us online, as well as those of you who maybe have walked in the doors for the very first time. We love it when we have people walking in the doors for the first time. Uh, Before I dive into our message, I just want to take a moment uh, to kind of give you an update about something around here at Zoe. Uh, How many of you know parenting is hard? Can I get an amen out there, right? Parent It's just hard. All right. And particularly for us who are not just trying to raise kids, but we're trying to raise kids to follow Jesus at the same time. It's challenging. It isn't always easy. And here's what you have to understand is that you are the spiritual leaders of your children. Okay. Like we We are not the spiritual lead. We are trying to help and equip you as the spiritual leaders of your home. We get your kids maybe an hour a week, two hours a week at most. You're with them far more than that. And so what we wanna do is try to do everything we can to resource you, to give you tools, to help you raise your kids in such a way that they're being pointed to Christ in everything that they do. And so there's a few things that I wanna make sure all of you as parents, those of you who have kids, particularly those who have your kids birth through grade five, we do some very specific things to try and help you uh, when it comes to that. One of those is we have something called a parent Q app, C-U-E, Parent Q app. If you've not already downloaded that, go to your app store and look for Parent Q C U E app. And you can download that and you just simply uh, look for Zoe Church in Burnsville, Minnesota. And what you get in that app is it gives you on a weekly basis, it will tell you exactly what we're doing in our kids' services. What the message was about, it'll give you the memory verse for the week that you can work on with your kids, it gives some of the videos that you worked on throughout the week, but it also has some talking points that you can be praying about with your kids. uh, Things that you can encourage. Conversations you can have with your kids throughout the week based on what they talked about this week. It's a way to help you on this journey of faith. So if you haven't downloaded that, I would encourage you to do that. There's something else that we do which is called uh, just our monthly newsletter that the, the kids team sends out. It helps give you an update about what's being dealt with in the kids area, how you can partner better with your kids and be able to lead. Some of the things they're being challenged in so you can challenge your kids. These are tools that we wanna give you. So if you have not downloaded the ParentQ app or you haven't signed up for the newsletter, I want you to connect with one of the leaders today when you go pick up your kids. It's a way to help you on this journey. But we're launching something brand new. Uh, Just did this last month and want to let you know about it. Uh, The kids ministry has started launching something called Heart Habits. Heart Habits. Every single month, There's going to be a different heart habit. In addition to the normal stuff they're looking at, each month they're going to have a focus on a spiritual discipline, a heart habit that they can lean and build into their lives that will help them on this journey of faith. And we want to make sure you know what those are so that you can partner with them. And this month, the heart habit is Bible reading. That's the heart habit. And we're challenging all of our kids to Bible reading. And so this month, if you go out when you pick up your kids today in, in this area, there's some tables that have a bunch of resources. One of those is this thing that kind of helps you as a parent, because if you're like, I've never read the Bible with my kids before, this is to help you. Some tools on this, okay, to kind of help you. There's a reading plan that they put together. But they've also put these notebooks together this month, which are soap journals for your kids to be able to interact with, to read the scripture, and then to be able to interact and kind of write some of their thoughts. And for those of you who have kids that, that can't write or read yet, um, they have, you can draw a picture, okay? So it's real great, all right? But they created these for your kids to help them on this journey of faith, all right? And so I want to make sure that you're taking advantage of the tools that we're producing to help you on that journey, Okay. Awesome, That's for you. So every month, I will mention what the new heart habit is at the beginning of the month so we can all be on the same page. OK? Cool. Well, I am kicking off a brand new teaching series today as we're doing a four-week series looking at Psalm 23, Psalm 23. Now how many of you, when I say Psalm 23, you're like, "I've heard that before. Raise your hand if you know Psalm 23." Okay, my guess is some of you do. But my guess is those of you who are like, "I have no idea what Psalm 23 is." When we begin to read it, you're going to be like, uh, I've heard that before." But here's the problem, is I think that sometimes familiarity results in superficiality. You all have that neighbor, you have that coworker, that person at school that you see every stinking day, and they don't know anything about you, and you don't know anything about them, right? You run into them, you bump, you're, you're very, very familiar with them, but it's very superficial. And I think the same thing can be true of scripture. There's scriptures that like we can quote, we know, we've heard it before, but we don't really grasp the depth of what's actually going on here. And I believe as we dig into Psalm 23, I think there's gonna be a deeper revelation over the next few weeks of who God is and who he desires to be in our lives, but also there's a, hopefully going to be a revelation of what does that look like in our response to him, okay? And so we're gonna dig in this together. If you got your Bibles, would you turn with me to Psalm 23? If you don't know where the book of Psalms is, open in the middle, and if you're still not there, just turn back a couple of pages and you'll find it, all right? Psalm 23, would you stand with me across the room? So we're going to read all of this together. There's nothing sacred. I say it all the time. Nothing sacred about standing. It's just our way to say, God, we honor your words above mine. Psalm 23, a psalm of David, verse number one, says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. you just do something with me? Would you put your hands over your heart as we just pray this morning? Father, we come and I just pray that the familiar would not be lost on us today, but instead, God, I pray that there would be a deep revelation in our hearts of who you are and who you desire to be in our lives. God, would you open our eyes, would you open our ears to see things clearly today? We pray in the name of Jesus. Everybody said amen, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to turn to your neighbor. I'm going to give you 20 seconds. I want you to turn to your neighbor, and I want you to answer the question, what is your idea of peaceful? What does peaceful look like in your idea? It might be a person, it might be a place, whatever it is, you got 20 seconds. Turn to them. All right, all right. All right, now some of you, I heard some of you saying it, like some of you said, like on a beach somewhere, that's peaceful. Some of you said, like, uh, out and just by yourself in a cabin in the woods or just like in the mountains where there's a serene. Some of you said when the kids are at grandma's house, right? Some of you said what, we've all got a different idea of what peace looks like. And I don't know about you, but when I read Psalm 23, it sounds really good to me. Like, I can't even say I fully understand all of it in the first reading, but, but there's something peaceful about this. There's something refreshing about this. And it's no wonder that this is a psalm that oftentimes gets read at funerals. Why is that? Because it kind of feels hopeful. There's a sense of comfort in this psalm. There, there's this sense of, like, just gentleness with this. And I don't know what your life is like, but my life sometimes can feel chaotic, Sometimes my life can feel stressful. Anybody relate? Sometimes I can experience a little anxiety. Maybe you can relate to that a little bit in life. And I think all of us can feel that. We feel that in our world. We can feel that in our nation. You can feel that in your home. You can feel that in your relationships. And my guess is at times you can feel that in your own heart, in your own mind, this feeling of Anxiety, this feeling of stress, this feeling of being chaotic. And it's in the midst of this that every one of us craves this feeling of peace that I think Psalm 23 wants to speak to us. The psalm begins with these very, very simple words that you've probably heard before, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. Now, question, how many shepherds do we have in the room? Raise your hand if you're... Oh, (laughs) my God. There we go. Well, like we don't really know much about shepherding because most of us aren't shepherds, right? And I guess you have not been a shepherd at some point in your life for most of us. And so we don't have context for what is actually a shepherd. I think we all have a basic idea, right? They got a flock, they're trying to guide some sheep around, you know, they're trying to protect, they're trying to provide some of these kind of things, but we don't really understand it. If, if you're ever interested in learning a little bit more of this, uh, there's actually a cute little book. It's called um, a shepherd looks at Psalm 23. It's like 100 pages. It's a real short little book. But it actually, it's a shepherd talking about it, and he's able to give a lot of nuance to whole, all, this whole idea, which really opens up Psalm 23. I'm going to be using some of those ideas throughout this series. But this idea of a shepherd is not limited to Psalm 23. The idea of a shepherd is all over Scripture. Like literally all over scripture, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, gets talked about over and over again. And to be honest, when it's talked about, usually it's in a negative fashion. Why? Because the shepherds that existed in the nation of Israel, the shepherd that was trying to lead God's people, were often really toxic. And God would confront them. There's a passage found in Ezekiel, chapter 34, verse 1. And it says this, son of man, this is a, a challenge. God, The word of God comes to Ezekiel and he says, I want you to share this. Says, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Who are those? Are those the ones with the actual sheep? No, the shepherds over God's people. He says this, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Woe to you shepherds of Israel who only take care of yourselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? You eat the curds, clothe yourselves with wool, and slaughter the choice animals, but you do not take care of the flock. It goes on and says this. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd. And when they were scattered, they became food for all the wild animals. See, God's ticked off at the shepherds of Israel Why? Because they were toxic shepherds You're like, that's not what it's supposed to look like Real shepherds True shepherds Look totally different And it's in contrast to those that we get Psalm 23 The Lord is my shepherd And we'll dig into what does that look like When the Lord is our shepherd But the, the reality is though If the Lord is the shepherd Then who are we? Good answer <laughs> nailed it back there I'm gonna get you something way to go but we're the sheep right the sheep and you know what that's a challenge for us because what are sheep <laughs> this is gonna be a responsive message here today I got a feeling sheep are one of the neediest most vulnerable most dependent animals that exist and on top of that they do dumb things sometimes Okay, I've seen this video. Maybe you've seen this video before. You can go ahead and play it. Uh, this video, this is a shepherd. Have you seen this before, he's got this sheep, this big old sheep. He's like, yeah, get him out of there. Got him free. That's awesome. And then you watch the sheep. Yep, there he goes. And he runs back and he's back in. <laughs> and watch the shepherd here for a second. This is great. He just sets up the thing and he walks away. He's like, I'm done with you. <laughs> Forget you, sheep. Okay, but I, I got to show another one because this one's, I saw this one. I'll play the other one. Okay, this is a kid, this is funny, I kind of feel bad for the sheep, the kid is is literally grabbing the sheep out by the leg, he's like stuck in this thing, he's like, yes, sheep is free, woohoo, sheep is free, I'm free! (laughs) (laughs) Is that not awesome? (laughs) Oh gosh,
1: you can just hear it in his head, yeah!
0: No, and he's stuck. Okay, and these are funny videos, but let's just be honest, doesn't this kind of look like us sometimes? Like, maybe you're better than I am, but this looks like how I look a lot of times. Like, I'm just crazy. Like, I, I keep going back to the wrong things. And, and the book of Proverbs says it this way in Proverbs 28. It says, a dog returns to its vomit, so fools repeat their folly. How many out there have a dog? Raise your hand if you've got a dog. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you let your dog lick your face? Some of you do. I know you do. Don't, don't deny it. Okay, that's gross. I'm sorry. Okay, I got a dog, Millie, you know, and she's probably cleaner than your dog because I don't let a dirty dog in my house, like, this dog is clean, she's spotless all the time, but I've seen Millie lick parts of her body I don't want to think about, okay, and I've seen Millie out in the yard eating bunny poop in my yard, and I've seen Millie throw up in my house, which ticks me off, I've seen her throw up, walk away, come back, and try to sniff and eat that same vomit before, okay, okay. And we're like, that's gross. That's disgusting. Can't believe those dumb sheep. But we do the same thing. (laughs) We oftentimes do the same thing. Every one of us can look back at dumb things we've done in the past. And the funny thing is, in the moment, we thought we were doing the right thing, right? We thought we were being wise. We were calling the shots. We tried to be self-dependent, and we have the scars to prove it. But the similarities with sheep don't just end with us kind of being dumb. There's some other things you have to understand about sheep. Is Sheep are mass-minded, meaning they, they have a mob mentality. They tend to just, if you can get one going, they all just kind of start following along. Okay, And isn't that how we oftentimes are? So often we're not... Listening to what God has to say, so often, what is everybody else saying? I'm just going to do what everybody else is doing, right? It's the wide road Jesus talked about. We all have this tendency. What is students? It's whatever everybody else at school is doing. That's what I'm going to do. We don't listen to what God has to say, right? We have this mob mentality, but sheep also struggle with fear and timidity in the face of challenges. If they get scared, they freeze and they seize up. My guess is there's some of us that struggle the same way. Right? When, the, when the fear and the, the challenges come up, we have a tendency, we get stuck where we are. Something else about sheep is they can be very stubborn. I know none of us are like that, right? None of you are sitting next to someone stubborn right now, are you? Like, we all can be that. We all can dig our heels in to our way of doing things. We have a tendency to be stubborn. And lastly, sheep, they can have toxic habits that end up being very self-destructive for them. And I know none of us have this problem. (laughs) None of us have that trauma from our childhood that still services itself over and over again and still is causing issues. None of us have an addiction in some way that is causing problems in our lives. No, we never have those issues at all. It's really crazy. It's no wonder Jesus talked about us as sheep. He called us sheep so often because we got a lot in common with them. And, And because sheep, sheep are so needy, sheep need a shepherd, They need a shepherd. They need someone to guide them. They need someone to protect them. They need someone to comfort them. They need someone to look to. And this is Psalm 23. Now, it says at the beginning, we just read it. Remember, right before it probably said it in your Bible, it might say it in your Bible, where it says, a Psalm of David. This is a Psalm of David. Now, who was David? David... did not just have a theoretical psalm here. He was not just giving you some vague idea of what might be. This psalm is a testimony, okay? Because David, remember, he was the, the little boy that was anointed as king, as a child. He was a shepherd. He understood this whole shepherding idea. Like he lived it. He was a shepherd, and yet he was anointed. And you know the story of David, right? David steps out, and on the power of God, what does he do? He slays a, a Goliath, kills the giant, but at the same time, he's anointed as king and that really makes the current king ticked off. And so for years, Saul is chasing after David, trying to kill him, right? And David, you know his story. He's got lots of highs. He's got lots of lows. He's, he's lived it all. He's got moments where he, man, he succeeded. Man, I want to be like David. I want to I be a man after God's own heart. And there's other moments in David's life where you're like, man, I'm glad I never did that, right? And it's this same David That proclaims these simple words. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And I think this statement has a lot to say to us and how we relate to God. So if you're gonna write anything down this morning, I got three points for you here this morning. The first thing is this: this statement, this is a statement of security and confidence. The Lord is my shepherd. It's a statement of security and confidence because we all want security in life, don't we? We want the sure thing. We want the firm ground. We want the thing that we can stand on when everything else is shaken. The problem is oftentimes if we're honest, we can say with our mouth, my security is in God, right? He's my shepherd. We can say that, but so often we find our security in something else. We find our security in our money. Because when I have a lot of money, I feel really secure. When I don't, when things are tight, suddenly, oh, I'm afraid now. I don't know, right? It's those moments. We find our security in our career, right? As long as I've got the career path, i got this thing going, it's great. But suddenly when that whole industry starts to go sideways, suddenly the security's gone. Why? Because you're placing it in something that isn't firm. Sometimes we find our security and our confidence in our image, how people perceive us right and as long as everybody's perceiving us well you know it doesn't matter what's actually going on what matters is how people perceive me and then something happens maybe it isn't even your own doing and suddenly people don't view you the same anymore you don't feel nearly as confident anymore you're struggling sometimes we find our security in our relationships you've got that relationship maybe it's a spouse maybe it's a parent maybe it's a friend and suddenly that relationship has gone toxic in some way And you just don't feel as firm as you did before, right? Things suddenly are a little out of control in your life. Sometimes that that thing we try to find security is a chemical. We've got a chemical. Maybe you you got that glass of wine you have every night. Suddenly it's turned into two or three glasses of wine every night. Why? Because that's your security blanket. That's the thing that holds you tight, you know? You've got some other chemical that you're going to on a regular basis. You're like, this is the thing that makes me feel confident. This is the thing that makes me feel secure. When in reality, it's the thing that's killing you. And you won't really admit that Sometimes we find our security even in good things We find our security in our spirituality Or in being a good person You come to church because you're like See I'm a good Christian I'm a good. Look how good I am And then you mess up And you do something foolish And you're like man I'm not as good as I thought I was If you find your security in the wrong things It ends up taking you the wrong way But David doesn't look at any of those things Even though he could have Remember who is he? He's king. He's loaded, all right? He's loaded. He's got the image. He's got all the stuff. But rather than proclaiming, that's where my security in Psalm 23 begins with these words. The Lord is my shepherd. He is my strength. He is my safety. He's my guard. He's my fortress. And because of that, I lack nothing. There's security. There's confidence there. And the call for us is that we can have that level of confidence when we recognize who our shepherd is, right? I can be confident in the one that watches over me. Something you have to understand about shepherds is that it's a 24-7 job, right? There was no off-season when it came to being a shepherd. The shepherds would live with the flocks all the time. They were there. They saw them. They looked over them. They were constantly watching and I love this understanding because it gives us a revelation of what God desires to be in your life. Because there's a lot of us that are walking around acting as though God only checks in every once in a while. There's some of us that we're doing stuff in the back room that, well, as if God doesn't see what's going on in the back room. Like sometimes we're walking around acting as if God doesn't care for us right now. Oh, he cared for me when everything was going well, but right now things aren't going well. He doesn't really care. He's not watching me. He's not looking at me at all. But that's not what scripture teaches. I love Psalm 121, and it reads this way it says this, I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Hear this, He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. It goes on and says this, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forever And when we begin to understand this, when we begin to take hold of this, when we begin to allow this truth to penetrate more than what I feel, because how many know there are times when you may not feel like the Lord is watching and with you? But it's in those moments we have a choice to say, okay, am I going to depend on my feelings or on the truth of God's word? And I choose to stand and recognize that, God, I might not see it right now, but I can have security and confidence knowing that you are watching over me right now. Your eyes are on me. You have not forgotten me. You walk with me in every season. See, that's the confidence David is challenging us to have. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So that's a statement of security and confidence, but it's also a statement of surrender and devotion. Because we all like the security and confidence part, don't we? Yeah, the Lord's my shepherd. He's got my back. He's watching me all the time. That's great. But when the Lord's your shepherd, that means you surrender to him. That means you're submitted to him completely. That means you are devoted to him. You listen to him. You wash your shepherd. You follow your shepherd. We all want the peace that comes from the Lord shepherding us, but do we really want to allow him to lead us? Are we really willing to be devoted to him? There's a lot of lesser gods that want my devotion, I don't know about you. I got lots of things vying for my attention and my devotion in my life. One of them's me. <laughs> like, I want to be, I want to call the shots. I want to be devoted to me. I want to do my thing the way I want it. You know, I want to build my own kingdom. I want that. That's what the me inside of me, the sinful me still desires that. There's other things, other priorities that want my devotion and my attention, right? Sometimes there'll be people in the church that come to me wanting me to be devoted to their thing. Right? There's lots of things vying for my devotion, and there's something that sits in my pocket that wants my devotion all the time. How much time do we spend on these things? It's nauseating sometimes. You ever looked at your, uh, your uh, screen time? How much, how much time this thing wants to suck out of our lives? It wants us devoted to it, Right? And if we're going to say, God, you are the one who are shepherding us, you are the one that is guiding us, then we have to get to a place where we're willing to lay those things down, right? We get to a place where we say, the Lord is my shepherd. That means I surrender to him. That means my opinions fall away. That means my, my desires become secondary. He gets to call the shots. He has the power of decision-making in my life. See, there's this peace and there's this, this goodness, this sense of, oh, the security and the confidence, but there's also a call to God being our shepherd. There's this, this call to say, you know what? It takes a step. It takes a surrender. If you want me to be your shepherd, then I get to call the shots. And the problem for a lot of us is that there's rubber meets the road moments where we have to actually do something different than everybody else does. See, if he's going to be our shepherd then our lives probably will look different than other people because Jesus' flock looks different than everybody else. They don't walk the same direction. And there are going to be moments, if you are being faithful to the good shepherd, if you are being faithful to Christ, there are moments, and I would say not, not that there could be, there should be moments in your life where faithfulness to him forces you to live in a way that is in absolute conflict with what the world around says. If everything in your life, if everybody's cool with everything you think or say, there's something that is off. I'm just warning you. Like if if non believers are cool with everything you do, there's probably something off because Christ was offensive. Right? He was offensive to everyone. He was offensive to the religious, and he was offensive to those who were walking away. He's offensive to everybody because he challenges us not to the kingdoms of this world. He calls us to his own kingdom, which looks different, and it challenges us. It gets in our face sometimes, right? Right? Like, like we have to have a different, we have to have different priorities if we're going to be following Christ. There are times where your morality will have to look different. There's times where your sexuality will be in direct conflict with what the world says. That's just how it is. And so the challenge is if we are going to be shepherded by the good shepherd, we have to know what he's actually calling us to, right? This is why, you might have heard this before, we should get in the word more regularly. (laughs) Maybe you've heard me say that before. Because the problem is if you, if you don't know what the shepherd has said, how in the world are you supposed to follow him? Yeah. And a lot of us, we're like, well, nothing. Everybody thinks everything's cool. That's great. Does, is that what God has said? Is that what he's spoken? Are you living in submission to his authority and his spoken word? Are you doing that or not? We Every single one of us needs to be challenged. That's why I love that we're getting our kids in the word. And you know this. We have our adult reading plan that's going on all the time. There's some of you still haven't jumped in, and you need to. Not, not because you're joining a plan, but because you need to get the word of God planted deeply in your heart so that when, when things come up, you know where the shepherd is leading. Yeah. See, we got to learn to hear his voice, and, and God speaks primarily through his word, all right? So this statement, the Lord is my shepherd, it's a step, statement of security and confidence. It's surrender and devotion, but lastly, this is a statement of trust. It's a statement of trust. This phrase, I lack nothing. Now, I know what some of you are saying. <laughs> I lack plenty. I don't know what he's talking about. So of you are like, he doesn't know what he's saying. There are stuff that I need right now. I get it. I think we've all had moments like that. Yes, I need something. But, but when we trust God as our shepherd, that he's the one watching over us, then we trust that he will or he has provided for us. Now, what does that mean? It means it, that... Either he has already given us what we need. Because there are moments in our lives where God has provided a way and we've been sitting on our butt doing nothing about it. Right? Because there are some that are just so spiritual, maybe you're so spiritual, you're just like, God, I'm just gonna sit here and you're gonna give me all the things that I need. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just trusting you, Jesus. I'm just gonna sit here and wait for you to do all the stuff. And it's as if God wants to say, well, get off your butt and do what I've asked you to do. <laughs> like, Get up. I gave you two hands. Go do something. Don't just sit around. I've given you, I've provided a way. You have to do something, okay? There are moments like that, and so it's possible this morning you've been trusting God, but you haven't been faithful with what God has already put in your hands, and maybe God's calling you to step out. Part of trusting is saying, God, I trust that you have given me everything I need, and I'm going to depend on that, okay? But there are other moments where we're we're trusting, we're, we're wanting God to bring us things. We're saying, well, I don't have what I need. Well, it's possible you do have what you need. You may not have what you want, but you absolutely have what you need. See, this statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. It's a statement of trust to say, God, I trust you as my shepherd. And so if I don't have something, then I don't need it. <laughs> and if I need something, Lord, you will provide it or you will make the way so that it can be provided. It's a statement of trust. And I don't know about you, this past week, uh, there's been some things that I've needed. They aren't wants. They are needs. And it's been really easy for me to get frustrated because I feel like what I need is not there yet. And it forces me to a position of trust. Say, God, do I just sing the cute songs, trust the Lord, you know? Or do I actually trust you? And it's a chance to bring my heart before God again to say, God, I'm not just gonna say it. God, I wanna, I wanna live in faithful trust before you. But this all, all this depends on one thing. And that's what we're gonna close with today. We got our big so what. We always say, so what? What's the point of this thing? Our big so what this morning is this. True peace comes from knowing your shepherd. True peace comes from knowing your shepherd. Like we all want the peace, but it comes when you know your shepherd. For all of his flaws, David understood this. Like David recognized this. David knew his shepherd. Because I want you to look at the statement again. Remember, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. There's something very interesting about this you need to recognize. Is this is not a generic general term okay this is not a term that says oh i trust god up there Like right? i can have peace because there's a god up in the heavens oh the big guy up in the sky i trust he's gonna move everything he's gonna take care no, no no this is a very specific term this is the lord capital l-o-r-d when you see that in the old testament what is that yahweh that is the proper name of god So when this proclamation is being made, it isn't like, oh, God's my shepherd. No, the Lord, Yahweh, God, the God of Scripture, the one who has revealed himself over and over and over, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that's the one who's my shepherd. That's the one I'm putting my trust in, right? That's where my hope is at. We need to understand this. I said it from the beginning. This psalm is not some cute idea. This is not some vague idea. This is a testimony. It's a man who has seen the highs and seen the lows and said, listen, I know I can trust in my God. I know it. I've seen him. And some of you need to be aware of this because when you're new to faith, when you're new to faith, you are forced to trust other people's testimonies about God because you don't have yours yet. You know what I'm talking about? You're new to faith. You're like, I read the story, the Bible stories. Those are the ones that build my faith because I read about that. And then I hear other people share their stories of faith. But when you've begun to have a story of faith your own, when you begin to live, I just turned 41 this past week. (laughs) But I've been following Jesus for a while. I don't have to look at other people's stories anymore. <laughs> well, that's great. That's encouragement to me. But you know what I do? I say, God, I remember when you were faithful here. And I remember when you were faithful here. And I remember when you were faithful here. And I can trust that you're going to be faithful here. I can have a confidence in that.
1: Right?
0: It doesn't mean we waver, don't never waver. It just means that we are, we're able to stand firm on the character of God. God, I trust that you never change. And see, this is what God has been inviting us into. This is what he desires for us. It's not some vague relationship with some deity out there. He wants an intimate, close relationship with him. Jesus spoke it this way in John 10, verse 27, where he says this, My sheep will listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. He wants this nearness to us. Would we pursue him that way? Oftentimes, we're walking around with no peace simply because we don't know the God that we're saying we follow. The issue is that we don't feel secure or confident, we aren't devoted, we don't trust Him because we don't really know Him. But if we would have a revelation of who He is and we would allow ourselves to consistently come back to that truth over and over and over again, we could experience the peace of God no matter what we face. So this past week I was just, as I was praying and working on this message, I I just sat down and just started trying to think, okay, God, without even going to the text, God, who are you? How have you revealed? I just started making a list. It says he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's overall. Like, if you think there's something else bigger than him, there isn't. He's the one in control. He's creator God. Anybody ever researched how big the universe is? How crazy He's the creator. He's the one over it. Anything that you think is more powerful than him, you need to let it go. Because he's bigger. He's stronger. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He is all-powerful, eternal, almighty God. He is the victorious king, the one who's high and lifted up. He is holy, set apart, right? He is righteous. He is just. As it says, he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. He's our rock and our fortress, a firm foundation. He's our shield, our glory and the one who lifts our head. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He's the light. He is faithful and steadfast. He keeps his promises. He is patient with us. He is merciful. It says he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. He is Jehovah Shalom, the prince of peace. And when you get to the New Testament, and Jesus over and over calls himself the good shepherd. And if you ever question, what is our God like? What does he say in John chapter 10, where he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. We don't have a shepherd that runs when it gets hard. We have the shepherd that laid down his life, that took a cross on our behalf. And he can connect with us in a way that we can't even imagine. And so the invitation that he's giving every single one of us Is what Jesus said. What did Jesus say? He didn't say, believe this set of principles. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. Let me be your shepherd. Let me be your guide. So I asked the question, who is your shepherd? Like, where do you find your security and your confidence? Where do you find that? What are you looking to right now? What are you surrendered to? What are you devoted to? What really has your devotion right now? Where do you place your trust? I don't know about you, but there are times when I can still look in the wrong places. And As we come back to this text, it's a reminder to say, God, I want to turn to you. I want to listen to your voice. I want to be one who knows your voice intimately and follows you. I'm going to invite you to stand with me across the room. I want to give us a moment here this morning to respond to him. Because there's an invitation, but the question is, will we respond? Um, I want to pray over you, and the team's going to lead us in a song. But as we do that, I just feel like this morning God wants to just uh, invite us back to a place of dependence on him. And so as we sing, maybe you want to sing, maybe you don't. Maybe you just want to have a moment with God right now. I would challenge you to do that. Say, God, I want to turn back to you in some ways. There's some ways where I've been looking in the wrong direction. God, I want to be submitted to you. I want to pray over you right now. God, I thank you for this invitation to something better. God, an invitation to follow our Savior. God, may we be those just like so many of the disciples that, that hopped up from where they were and they said, yeah, I'm going to come follow you. I've been running I've been trying to do it. I've been self-dependent, God. Instead, I want to allow the good shepherd to be my shepherd, God. Thank you for that, Lord. You have proven yourself faithful over and over again, God, and I know that I can trust you with my future. So I put it into your hands, Lord. I'll give you a moment just to respond as we sing
1: together. All my life you have been faithful i
0: see our circumstances, but to see you this way, right? to follow you faithfully, Lord, we pray. God, may there be a peace that resides in our heart when we recognize who's in control. No matter what the chaos is around us, God, we can trust in the one who's singing on the throne. praise you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to give you a very, very specific challenge this week, and I'm not giving you an idea uh, that hasn't been tested. This has been my testimony this week. You can ask my wife; she's heard me say it this past week. The line we just read together: we say, "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." Say it out loud with me: "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." One more time: "The Lord is my shepherd; I lack nothing." I have been—I have found myself quoting that verse all week long. In moments when I feel a little overwhelmed in moments where I'm unsure, I stop myself and it reminds me, my security is in God, my trust is in God. When I have moments where I'm just like, ah, God, I'm gonna surrender this thing, I'm devoted to you. God, I can trust in you. Right? And so whatever you're facing this week, when you walk into those circumstances, maybe you're walking into a, a, a situation with a coworker that just drives you crazy before you open the door, you say, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. You're going to supply everything I need in this moment. I trust you, God. All right? Let that be. I hope that's an encouragement to you this week. I'm going to invite our prayer team forward. Uh, and uh, if you've got a need at all, would you come forward? Allow our team to minister to you. Otherwise, you guys have a great week. We'll, we'll be back together next Sunday for another strong message. Love you guys. Have a great week.